Welcome to the Financial Coaches Network, a show to help financial coaches build and grow successful coaching businesses by focusing on the three pillars, getting clients, working with clients, and running the business. I'm Garrett Fulbin. Over the first four years as a coach, I grew a successful financial coaching business to over 80K in annual revenue. And I'm Joshua Escalante Troche. As a tenured professor of entrepreneurship and a consultant, during the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. Welcome back to FCN Podcast. Emily, what are we talking about today? Today, we're talking about a lot of the most commonly asked questions in the group, which center around what software should I use for? What program should I use for? Insert all sorts of things here that we will get into. So we're just basically going through a list of software recommendations and why we think some of these are really good options. Maybe not necessarily the best, because a lot of things are subjective, but why we think these are good. All right. That sounds like fun. So which (laughs) one, what category do you want to start on? Let's start with calendar software, because this is something I think basically no matter what stage you're at in your business, it's worth investing the $15 a month to get calendar software because it saves so much time, so much energy, adds so much professional, et cetera. Yeah. So Josh, what is your calendar software recommendation? And if mine is different, I will share. I don't think it is, but. So my my software that I use is Calendly. I know Garrett uses and a number of other people use Acuity. Um, what about you? I use Calendly mostly. I used Acuity, but I think Calendly is coming out with more new things, gives a little bit more features, et cetera. So I'm I'm I've used both. I'm leaning towards Calendly as liking that one the best now. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with Acuity or Schedule Once or anything else. Person, it's more of a personal thing. I think the big thing that I like about Calendly is exactly what you said. Um, I can throw more money at it and have it do more things. And for me, it's more important for it to do more things than for it to cost less. Um, and so that's a really, really big feature. And I, I haven't looked through the email, but I just got an email today from them about they're changing up routing or something like that. Of you know, somebody says this, and then what are the options that you can have them do? So there, there's all sorts of exciting new things that I'm more excited about there than I haven't really seen from Acuity as much. Yeah, and I, I think that's really, I think there's a philosophical underpinning that is going to be important for a lot of these that this scheduling software kind of brings to mind. And that is, you know, what are you trying to solve for? Right. Are you trying to solve for finding the cheapest option that is good enough? Or are you trying to solve for having a system that can grow with your business that has features that allow you to be more efficient and reclaim your time and is set up to be able to allow you to focus more time on the things that are important in your business, like getting clients and working with clients, 
and less time on the back end stuff. And for me, it's always that second one, right? I'm never solving for what is the cheapest option that's good enough. And I'd ru- much rather pay more money in order to be able to set myself up to not spend as much time and to be able to focus more time on getting clients and working with clients. And as we know, many financial coaches are in the opposite field of, no, I want the least, the the cheapest option, um, which I think the cheapest option for both Acuity and Calendly is pretty similar anyway. Yeah, there's not a lot of, the the cheapest thing is there's not a lot of um, differences, right? Because they're all sort of the base level, you know, option with regards to the cheapest thing. And they're not going to be competing over their free version or their cheapest version of the product. They're going to be competing over the higher end stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that that's a a challenge that keeps a lot of coaches from growing. Right. Which we've talked about in other podcasts as well. Yeah. Financial coaches are cheapskates and we don't like spending money on anything. And I'm lumping, I'm intentionally saying we not just to be relatable, but because I am very much in that category of being a cheapskate. So oh, I am totally in that category. And I always have to fight against it. Right. <laughs> My first instinct is, you know, cheapest option. And then I have to remind myself, no, that is a really, really bad financial decision. Yeah. Right. Not bad business decision, bad life decision, bad li- uh, you know, work-life balance decision, and also bad financial decision. And every once in a while, I lose that fight (laughs) and I always regret it. And it always costs me more money than if I had just got uh, won the fight in the beginning and not gone the cheapskate route. Right. So I'm totally in that category, too. I'm just much better at fighting it because I've been you've been practicing that. Yeah, I've been practicing longer. Um, I still lose and I regret every time that I lose. (laughs) When that actually ties in nicely with the um, next category, which is payment processor, mm-hmm. because I have a feeling the payment processor that you are going to recommend is going to be the one that I'm going to recommend is the one that we include with the FCN, FCN program, yeah. which is not the cheapest because it is a payment processor that requires a monthly subscription that's included with FCN. But so what yeah. is that payment processor and why is it worth paying for, even though I think it's important to kind of talk about the other payment processors first and why I'm not a fan of certain ones. So we'll go with a broad category of any of the free stuff. PayPal, Stripe, Square, et cetera. Or even more free uh, Zelle, right? I think you said Venmo. Venmo. I didn't say Venmo, but yeah, Venmo. Stripe and Square still, I think, charge you. Um, one of the challenges oh, they do for credit card fees for credit card transactions. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. One of the, one of the problems with Zelle and Venmo is that you are committing fraud by using them. Explain more. Because in their terms of service, it says that you are, you will, are not using, you are, um, stating that you are not going to use it for business purposes. There is Venmo for business. There's so, a Venmo business. Venmo which versus has Venmo a fee, for business. Which we will separate those two. Yeah. Yeah. So in the Venmo by itself, right, you're stating that you're using it for non-business purposes. And you are intentionally doing it 
in order to take money from the company. <laughs> in order right? to get around the fee structure that they right. set up for business. Yeah. For businesses. And so I, that's that's one of the big things that I think is problematic, both from a ethics standpoint and also from a personal standpoint. Um, I don't look very well on companies that accept Venmo or Zelle uh, because of that issue. And my thinking is, you know, if they're going to cut an ethical corner there, where else are they going to cut an ethical corner? Um, you know, that, that doesn't count for like, I, I don't pay my gardener, uh, through Venmo, but our, our, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't count for my gardener, right? Small self-employed individual small self-employed. handyman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't even pay him through Venmo. Right. And so babysitters. it's okay yeah. for babysitters, to babysitters through Venmo. Venmo. Totally. Right. Yeah. So, the, so, you know, there, but do you want to be lumped into the category of you're like a 14 year old babysitter that I have come over or you're a company, right? And so that's part of how you want to, you know, how do you want to be viewed, right? Beyond that, the, so the recommendation that we make for that is advice pay. And there's a number of reasons why it is not the cheapest option out there, but there are a lot of reasons why I use advice pay. one of them is that it starts off with uh, it is set up for financial advisors. For me, that's important because I am a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. For financial coaches, that is important because regulation is going to come to financial coaching at some point in the future. When that happens, there is going to be a massive question mark around whether or not your payment processor is valid under those regu- regu- regulations. And so it's one of those areas where you're investing in the future of not having to deal with a problem and switching people over to a new payment processor. Beyond that, there is, the, there is an issue of just the capabilities of software. As you move into the higher levels of the software, there is integrating co- integrated contracts. So I'm at the higher level of the software already, right? So when I send out a contract, I fill in the information about the billing and other key information, and the contract is populated with that data from what I filled in in the payment processor. Additionally, it has a number of really nice features, like uh, for my ongoing clients, I can put in there that's a, a fee escalation that basically says, I want the fees to go up a 3% every year, or I want it to go up based on the CPIU, right? And it automatically does it behind the scenes. I can turn on and off a lot of features that are related to both communicating to me and communicating to the client what's going on. And that helps me not to have to sit down and go through a report that says these are the number of people that cancel their subscriptions or whatever else. Right. And if you're not at the point, since most people, not everybody, we do have some people 
coaching full-time in the group. Many people in the group are not at that point. Starting at the lower level means that when you get to that point, assuming you are trying to get to that point, it's go, okay, I've been paying $10 a month. I'm at the point where I'm ready to do the $50 a month for the better one. And now it's just all there rather than, okay, have everybody set up in PayPal, for example. But now it would be really nice to have that automation. But now I have to figure out how to move everybody over or pay somebody to move everybody over. But then you have client confidentiality. So probably paying somebody to do that is going to be sketchy too. And it's more of just a big mess. Easier as one of those spots that like you were saying before, it's easier to just pay the extra money up front to avoid the headache letter later on. And then the final component of it is just the risk of getting kicked off. Yeah. Right. Um, Comes in and out. (laughs) Yes. So right now, a lot of the payment processors are allowing for people in financial services to use their payment processors. They haven't in the past. Prior to that, some of them had. Prior to that, some of them have it. So they kind of bounce back and forth whether they want to do that. In addition to that, we have, as financial coaches, you are in a worse position than I am with regard to that. And that is because if regulation starts to be talked about, and it doesn't, and in this case, all it would require is one state to be really aggressive with financial coaches. The easiest thing for PayPal to do would be, all right, there's a couple of states that are being aggressive. If you're in financial services, you have to be licensed. So put in your license number. And if you don't put in your license number, we're going to kick you off the platform. Right. For me, that wouldn't be a big deal, right? Because I am a registered investment advisor. You have a licensing number. For the typical financial coach, that would be a really big deal, right? And so that's one of the other potential risks of those of those other platforms, right? Again, it's not the cheapest, but what uh, that philosophical thing of earlier, what are we solving for? All right, next one, website. Yeah, so I'm going to give the disclaimer of, um, you know, FCN provides websites. And so we believe that ours are the best. We'll talk about kind of why in a second. And then we can talk about outside of FCN, uh, you know, what is, what is, where would you want to go and what would you want to be wary of, right? Yep. Um, so within the FCM websites, it is basically, you know, drag and drop a lot like a lot of other editors. But the real key thing is that the templates are designed specifically for financial coaches and more, more beneficially, specifically to guide people from going to a uh, going from a, a a person that's coming to the website and is interested to a person that is scheduling a meeting, right? And there's a lot of stuff within the websites that are that are at first you you may not be sure why we've done it, but there are <laughs> specific reasons. There's reasons, <laughs> yeah. So, for example, you do not have the ability to put, or at least easily, you can get around this, but you do not have the ability to easily put in social media, 
And the reason why is because there is research that shows that just the presence of social media logos on a website reduces purchase uh, activity significantly when the product is of a private nature. Finances. Finances. Um, and so there's a lot of, of things that you would look at and go, well, everyone else allows for this. Yes, but everyone else is not dealing with the type of things that financial coaches are dealing. Right. right. Uh, beyond that, you've got things like Squarespace and Wix that I think would be a good secondary alternative. Um, and then I would generally stay away from WordPress. WordPress is a huge area. Too big. Right? Yeah. but. The the problem with WordPress is you are custom creating everything and cobbling things together and things can break because something updates, but the update doesn't work well with the other stuff you've cobbled together. Right. Now that's gonna be a lots of people are gonna disagree with that. They're gonna say, I love WordPress. I'm a computer, I'm a you know web designer uh in my day Perfect. job. Yeah, that's Please why that. I love WordPress. <laughs> Most of us are not. Yes. Um, so that would be where I go with that. Yeah. I have, um, for my proofreading business, I have a Weebly site. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't wouldn't really recommend it. It's fine. I'm not going to worry about changing it. Again, that hassle factor. Um, yeah. I went with the cheapest, which for that is perfectly fine because honestly, people don't find me through my website anyway. So I right. debate every year when it comes up for renewal. I'm like, do right. I keep this or do I get rid of it? Uh, whatever. I'll keep it. It's so cheap. Um, yeah. But so I'd say avoid Weebly. I mean, it's it's a fine option. It works fine. It's I, I would say but avoid I would go anything. for Wix or Squarespace would be my recommendation too. Yeah. I would avoid anything that is cheap or free. Yeah. Because when it's cheap or free, you're going to be on the There's same. There's a reason. <laughs> so a lot of other websites that you don't want to be on the same servers as. And Google, Bing, and other places will punish you for it. Yeah. So. If the point of having a website is so that people can actually find your website, as opposed yeah. to like for my proofreading business, like. I have it so I can send it to people and I have it because it makes me feel fancy. Like I'm not expecting anybody to find me on it. An ego okay. thing. Exactly. Very much. Um, okay. Next. And I feel like there's some overlap between these in part because of our software that obviously we'll be talking about, but coaching mm-hmm. software, CRM budgeting software. CRM is somewhat separate, but I think there's some overlap with what um, Debbie was asking about with Coaching software. Yeah. So let's start with CRM. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, CRM is a really hard one because a lot of it really depends on what you're trying to do. Um, I have used multiple different CRMs and a lot of them do a lot of the same types of stuff. Um, I know Garrett uses Dubsado for his personal CRM, but he spent a lot of money getting it customized by an expert. Mm-hmm. We are using Dubsado as the underlying technology for the CRM in financial uh, in financial coaches networks um, grow product right, for full time coaches, uh, and we are spending a lot of money customizing, <laughs> uh, customizing it. it and making it work. Uh, in my personal financial uh, planning business, I use Wealthbox. Um, I have done a good amount of work customizing it to making it work. Um, And so a lot of it comes down to most of the CRMs that you're going to have out there. The baseline model may not be what you need. It's that customization that really matters. 
the underlying technologies, a lot of that is really, I don't, I don't want to say it's superficial, but it is somewhat user interface oriented and user interface is not superficial. The, um, you know, so one of the things that is nice about Wealthbox is, and the thing they kind of like push is that ever, all of the things that happened in Wealthbox have a stream kind of like Facebook, mm. right? Some people might hate that interface. And so therefore, and they might say, one of the things I hate about Wealthbox is that. And so for a lot of the CRM functionality, a lot of it comes down to how do you like the way the information is presented? Because a lot of the really getting the big benefits out of your CRM is going to come from customization. Um, more costly the CRM is, the easier the simple customization is and the more complex customization you can do, right? Yeah. Uh, the cheaper the CRM is, the harder the customization is going to be, and the more limited you're going to be in what you can be able to do. So that's kind of the trade-offs with those. I know for, I did that strong thing for that. Yeah, this one, this one's hard. This is one that has come up multiple times that we've never really had a great answer for because there just isn't really a great answer. Yeah. Um, one other option would be just creating a Google Sheet to start off with, with mm -hmm. just tracking things and plugging things in and being like, yep, did I check this off? Did I check this off? Automation after this goes out, then three months later, what's the three months later? And that can work if you have less than like five to five, six clients. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For just when you're just trying to get those clients, having some sort of something to track can be helpful. Yeah. And that can be as simple as a Google Sheet. And that's actually what we provide in, FC, in launch, right? Yep. Is that. Yep. All right. Um, so then let's get into, well, I guess, would a CRM track, well, it depends on how you customize it, um, where somebody is in the coaching process of they've, we've had this many yeah, meetings, it, that's these the are the milestones, track, is where they are in the coaching process. Um, it, it doesn't mean that it becomes your coaching software, but it's, yeah. it, you want to be able to see who is at what stage and what, and where they are. And that's one of those customizations that you would need to do. So then what about coaching software slash budgeting software? So when we look at coaching or budgeting software, uh, again, you know, this is going to come with a grain of salt. Uh, you know, we, we believe FCN Money Coach is the best software out there. One of the big reasons why is because it is specifically built for financial coaches, meaning it's designed to make it easy for you to access as the coach. It's designed to automatically send reports to clients based on things that you set up so that you don't have to constantly be emailing clients their budget information. And it's designed to do cash flow management and nothing else. Yeah. Most of nothing other, else being, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Most of the other softwares out there are going to be financial planning first softwares where they've got a budgeting component to them and the budgeting component sucks. And I have uh, heard that from a lot of financial planners. Yes, including myself. I have, I use Money Coach for 
clients that we do cash flow stuff with. And I use my financial planning software for clients that we do the financial planning with. And sometimes it's the same client. So some clients are in both. Because even though the financial planning software has a budgeting feature, it is terrible. It, and the reason it, you don't, I don't blame my financial planning software for it. Most financial planners don't get heavy into budgeting and cash flow. Right. So they do the bare minimum to be able to say that they have the feature and it works at a bare minimum. But they're not going to spend an enormous amount of money developing it when in reality, most of their client based financial planners don't care about cash flow and budgeting. Mm-hmm. So the other thing to look for if you're not going to use Money Coach, which does all the cool things, um, would be something that allows you to see the client. I know there are a few other programs out there. Something yeah, that allows so, you to look at the client's budget between sessions so that you can see how they're doing, if they've been doing things, et cetera. But absolutely 100% without sharing a username and password because that's all sorts of problematic. Yeah. So some of the criteria that you're going to look for in any budgeting software as a financial coach. And this might be its own topic, right? It probably is. Yeah, actually, I'm going to jot that down. We'll get back to that. But a a few key things just off, you know, just bare minimum is it needs to be able to connect to their bank accounts. If it doesn't do that and you are manually typing things in, that is not something that either of you are going to do for very long. Unless you are somebody whose niche is people who want to do it manually because there are there are coaches there are people who have a lot of distrust of connecting in which case be aware that there's going to be a very large group of people who are not going to be willing to work with you because regardless of whether you think that that's the best yeah. way to stay on top of things which is a valid thought i i understand in that, that very point of view. rare situation where your niche yeah. is people who are um security phobic yeah right if that is your specific niche, then yes, you're right. Be aware uh, that if if you if your program does not connect to bank accounts, you're going to lose a lot of people. Yes, yeah. Coming and up with that, going to make it very difficult on yourself. Yeah. Right. Uh, the next thing is it needs to have you need to have the ability to view all of your clients in one place and be able to easily get into each client from your one your one personal coach login where you're not logging in and logging out continually based on which client you're looking at, right? So that's the second thing. Um, And then the third thing is you need to have a mechanism to track and categorize transactions, ideally automatically. This doesn't mean that the person never goes in and looks at them to verify. It's just the, the, Bulk of the of the immediate work is done up front, and then it's more of a verification process. And you need to be able to take those categorizations and compare them against the budget with some regularity, right? Uh, because again, that's a big uh, part of it. Um, Debbie, since we're talking about financial uh, coaching, you asked about what about e money. Uh, one of my pair planners is actually going through eMoney right now and doing a uh, an analysis of it, and will be providing me with some detail mm-hmm. about it. Uh, and I may change my answer after we go through that detailed analysis together. But the last time that I looked at eMoney, same basic problem of 
it has a lot of, it does not have a lot of the budgeting capabilities that a financial coach would need. And beyond that, you also have a lot of other features within it that are beyond the legal capabilities of a financial coach to address. And so either A, you've got a lot of potential risk there because clients are seeing things that you're not allowed to address, or B, you've turned all that off, in which case you're paying money for features that are being focused on and not able to use them in your business. Now, I may change my mind after <laughs> get this report from, from my paraclimb. I think we should definitely do a live in the near future about getting more this into budgeting software. softwares and planning softwares and what's, et cetera. I think that would be a good thing to dive into a little more. Um, for today, I'm trying to get back. There we go. Um, gotten through that, gotten through that. How about um, let's do accounting software now? Accounting software is really easy. QuickBooks, end of story. Um, I am not a fan of Wave for a few different reasons, but the biggest reason is um, I don't know any CPA or any bookkeeper that uses Wave as their primary tool. They may have it as like, yeah, we'll do Wave if we have to deal with it, but none of them that I know use Wave as, a, as the primary tool. And you don't want to have to go through a migration if you hire a bookkeeper in the future or when you hire a CPA or if you have a CPA of getting your data out. Uh, and another really one of those invest for the future yeah. kind of a thing. And, and this is really a answer of what does your CPA want? The answer is probably going to be QuickBooks, right? That's what they want for a whole host of reasons. So accounting software, uh, I would not, I, I would only use QuickBooks um, just because that is the standard in the accounting industry. And as a result, it is going to make your life much, much easier as your business grows. And this is where I'll do the stupid thing that Josh will yell at me about, but we're running out of time. So you're not allowed to yell and say, I don't use accounting software. I just track my budget in YNAB with everything else, which I know is a terrible thing. And as my business grows, it's going to be a pain in the butt. And I'm kind of deep enough in that when it gets to the pain in the butt thing, it'll be a pain in the butt and I'll deal with it. And we're out of time. So next thing, email marketing <laughs> software. <laughs> we'll just put that disclosure in there to say, if you're not using fancy accounting software, feel a little bit bad. Don't feel like you're the worst person ever. You're not. Yeah. The best the best practice is to use official accounting software. Please do that. And if you're not, I sympathize with you. It'll we can and Emily right over the pain in the butt. It is. Yeah. You okay. Need to okay. <laughs> email so marketing software. Let's look at email marketing. So as we as we look at email marketing software, that is going that that one's going to be a little bit more of a difficulty. Uh, version. Uh, I don't have a real strong opinion on email marketing software. Um, what I would say to that is every one that I've gotten that I've used, there's been things that have annoyed me about it. And there's been things that I've liked. Um, the And a lot of them do much the same stuff. So you know, there, there's a bunch of them out there. I would not necessarily 
choose one over the other for any particular reason. Uh, instead, what I would do is I would choose one based on how well it integrates with other things that I have. Right. So if you're going to have an FCN website, then use the email software that is going to work with that in, in the, the product that we're going to come out with for full-time coaches. If you're going to be using Squarespace, Squarespace has its own built-in email marketing software, right? Uh, for FCN itself, we use Kajabi as our platform. It has a built-in email marketing software, so we use that. So all of those are, um, you know, all of that comes down to what are you currently using or what currently integrates well with the other things that you're doing. Yes, all of them will give you a snippet that you can put into your web page, et cetera, et cetera. But it is nice to have everything kind of integrated together. I'm going to take one step back. Mm -hmm. Should have talked about this before. Debt management planning software. Yeah, debt management planning software. There's a few of them out there. The ideal situation is you don't want to have your debt management software separate from your coaching software. Those two things are so intertwined, it's very hard to actually have them separate. And so, yet. <laughs> yeah, um, we are working right now on a debt management module within Money Coach. So that's being developed right now. Um, there are other softwares that are out there that I think would be good. You use a software that I think is uh, a pretty good software. I really like, yeah, it's called Undead It. I'll put the link in the comments. It'll be in the show notes as well for the podcast. Um, it's going to be really overwhelming for clients probably. So it's probably best if you set it up for them. Um, but it does everything. I mean, you can plug it in. You can go through the different, you know, do you want to do snowball? Do you want to do avalanche? Do you want to customize? Oh, I know I'm getting an extra thousand dollars on this month. If I put that in, how does that affect the payoff date? It's it's very comprehensive. Yeah, it's a separate software, which is why it's not ideal, but it does everything. And Undeaded is actually the one of the softwares that we're using as our kind of. We want it to be like that. Template, yeah, we yeah. want it to be like that, right? Um, yeah, so there there's a lot of them. Vertex Forty Two, Debbie put put in the comments. Mm -hmm. So Vertex 42 has some nice debt uh, capabilities in it. You know, the biggest issue with a lot of the things like Vertex 42 is the manual entry component to it. Yeah. And so the more that you can do, the more that you can build it as part of an ongoing thing, the better. Uh, a lot of people say, well, manual entry isn't that hard. It takes me like 30 minutes. That's not the difficult part. The difficult part is updating it with every single payment that comes along, especially with all as of the additional payments are being made, right? Um, and credit cards are even worse because they change day to day, right? So the the big, again, going back to the financial coaching thing, having it being able to connect is a really, really important component of actually being able to work with people with up-to-date data. Um, yeah, the Versex 42 spreadsheets are great. Um, one thing to be careful with there is make sure that 
to stay legal that you purchase the spreadsheet? Is there our license? There's a lot of free versions where it's like, yep, you're only going to use this for personal use. And as soon as you use that for clients, then you're breaking that. So they're really cheap. I think it's like 40 bucks, like a one-time $40 payment for the ones that I was looking at. So just buy, if you're going to use the spreadsheet, buy the spreadsheet and yeah, stay on top of that. Um, Design software for deliverables. We are big on deliverables. We like having things that we can show clients. What should we use to show, to make things to show clients? So there's a lot of them out there. Uh, Canva is probably the most popular one out there. It's relatively easy to use. Yeah, it's yeah, it's relatively easy to use. Uh, personally, I'm of the opinion. Uh, for me, I would just rather hire someone to do the design. Um, Canva has made this a little bit easier, a little bit better. But when you DIY marketing materials, it looks like DIY marketing materials, and even Canva, I can tell. When it's oh that was that that's oh I remember that template I saw that when I was looking through it the other day yeah Um, and it's not just a matter of remembering the template it's also you know if you're not a professional designer you don't know how things that might look good may actually damage the ability for people to for for the piece to do what you want it to do right Uh, so Canva is great but you know, at some point, hiring a professional designer should be on your list for a lot of the different components of your business. Um, That also, okay, so that leads me through the list of broadly applicable softwares. Really quickly, in a previous episode, you have touched on tax planning software that you use and financial planning software that you use. With the disclaimer that this is not a good fit for most coaches because most of us cannot do taxes and cannot do financial planning. Quick recommendation on tax planning. And- yeah, so both of them, I'm going to tell you what I currently use, and then I'm going to tell you how that may change. <laughs> right. So for full financial planning, so for for financial coaching for people that I work with on cash flow, um, that's FCN Money Coach for. Financial planning, I currently use Right Capital. I have a pair of planner currently going through and looking at different features of uh, eMoney as well as a couple of other softwares uh, with the idea that we might be switching, right? Um, so that so that's Right Capital is current, but there may be a switch coming for me personally. And according to my parent planner, she's leaning a little more toward money. So we'll see why and whether that makes sense uh, for the business. And then the next aspect of it is tax planning. So there is a difference between tax filing software and tax planning software. Mm-hmm. So we're talking specifically about tax planning, not tax filing software. Um, for that, I currently use Holistaplan, and I am looking at and considering switching over to FP Alpha. So basically, the same type of thing with Right Capital, just for the tax planning um, software. Right. What did you say you're considering switching to? Uh, FP Alpha. FP Alpha. Okay. Yeah. Haven't made the decision yet. You know, there's a lot of features that I like in all of the ones that I've just mentioned. It's just a matter of what's going to be best for my business going forward. Yeah. Right. 
That makes sense. All right. We've already had a request for a part two. <laughs> so it's like if you have things you would like us to dig into deeper or other software that you'd love to get recommendations on, please let us know either in the comments or making a separate post in the Financial Coaches Community Facebook group. And we would love to do a part two. We are always, at least my favorite things to talk about are things that people have asked in the community like, oh my gosh, please talk about this. Because then I know that you're interested in them. We're really good at coming up. And that we're helping. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Scheduling software we talked about at the very beginning. So go back after the live is done. You can go back to the beginning of the live and check that. Um, Spoiler alert, we recommended Calendly, though Acuity is also a good option. Um, Yeah, so I think that's it for today. But if you want us to talk more about it, let us know what you want us to talk about. And yeah, I think we're done. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, It also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be, who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well. If you're ready to take the next step and build your successful financial coaching business, FCN has turnkey resources to help you get clients, work with clients effectively, and run your business efficiently. Head to Financial Coaches Network backslash start here or Financial Coaches Network backslash stall if you're Sean Connery. Thank you again for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.